Hello, I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 2. Yes, this is episode 2, although it's going to be out before episode 1. Episode 1 will be out eventually. In the meantime, go pick up the Secret Origin trade if you have not read it in the comics yet. Yes, very good trade. Very good story. Absolutely. Okay, so this is just going to be a quick episode, another quick episode, to basically have some sort of content for all of you, our listeners out there. So, Dan does not know what this episode is going to be about yet. I'm a little afraid. Yeah, I'm going to spring the question on him right now. Oh, man. Okay. I've been reading all these issues recently. And the thing that I'm wondering about is when a Green Lantern dies and the ring has to go search out somebody else, what do you think happens? Does it just kind of like fly there in a straight line? Or that's basically the impression that I always get, right? Yeah. The way I think it works is that as soon as the lantern dies, the ring leaves her body and it begins to immediately just kind of zip around space, scanning for the next candidate. And then once it locates one, it just goes right to him. Right. Now, the thing that I have to wonder about that is like, if you die in a sector far, far away from your own, then the ring has a pretty long distance to travel, right? It could, yeah. So, my question is, do you think it actually makes sense for the Green Lantern rings when they're trying to find a new replacement lantern? Does it make sense to just fly there in a straight line? Or, like, wouldn't it make more sense if... They were just, I don't know, teleported directly back over to their own sector, at least. Or we've seen the Green Lanterns use the hyper speed to fly through space. They're like a, what do they call it? Like transluminal jump or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Because on the one hand, I can see that, okay, great. You have, you know, Green Lantern rings just flying around space every once in a while. So... It gives you story options for somebody to just kind of, like, snatch it from space as it's flying by. Yeah. Yeah, plus, it's a really cool visual trick because, I mean, with Sinestro War, every ring you saw flying around without a person attached to it represented a death. So you can show a body count without showing a body count, you know? Right. I gotcha. I just, like... To me, I think it would make more sense if the rings just all of a sudden either dissipated and reconvened back on Oa to be sent to their own sector, because Oa is in all sectors. Yeah. So then at least it wouldn't be floating around other sectors. Well, do we know how much effort it takes to teleport or do a hyperspace jump with a ring? Well, they kind of make a slight reference to it in the new Final Crisis, actually. Final Crisis issue 5. Ah, I have not read that yet. Yeah. It's not, like, anything major. It's not like a spoiler or anything. It's just 
they do say that it takes some energy, but you would think that the rings would at least store enough energy to be able to transport back to Oa. I would wonder if it's also a multitasking issue, because are, are you reading Legion of Three Worlds? I am, yes. In issue two, yes. we see all right, Legion of Three Worlds, it takes place in... Was it, it's the year 3008, I think. What I'll say is this, that in the future, a Green Lantern dies. And we're shown, we see, and this is after the Green Lantern Corps has been long gone for, for centuries or whatever. And we see the ring go off and try to search for a new bearer. And it's scanning, it's scanning, but the scan fails. So it just default returns to Oa. And we find out that the reason the scan failed was because Mogo was no longer there to guide it. So so the impression I got from that was that Mogo was actively... I don't know if, it's, if he's extending himself through the ring or if it's his own like super planet senses or whatever... Yeah, I was just going to say, I was actually thinking about that, the whole concept of Mogo finding the rings. And you would have to figure that Mogo has some sort of cosmic awareness to be able to search for people that are worthy of using the rings. Yeah, because if you think about the fact that Mogo is sitting there from one central part of space, or from one stationary part of space, and is actively guiding every loose ring him by himself right it, it would pro it might be too much effort for him to you know warp or teleport them around whereas just sending them on a set flight course might allow him to operate more rings at one time maybe i don't know it's certainly something that they've in the recent years they've defined more facts about mogo Whereas, I mean, we never used to know for a fact that he had a ring in his core. Or that he had anything to do with recruitment or anything like that. Or that he was a location Lanterns could go to for training. almost... Yeah, training and psychological help. Right. But at the same time, they keep some stuff vague, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't know, I just thought it was an interesting little concept... Wanted to get your thoughts on. Yeah. Now, something that just came to my mind as an extension of this question, how do you think it works with the Sinestro Core rings? That's a very good question. Although, with that, the way I see it, it's kind of like the antimatter universe is not really... It's not like it's a sector that you can go to. It's like the under-universe. It's yeah. a universe that's, like, parallel to ours, just under ours. Mm. So when the rings are... Oh, wait, are you referring to how do the rings find a new user? Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant how do they, like... Yeah. No, I was also thinking about how they transport people to the antimatter universe for training. Oh, yeah, no. I, was, I meant, like, how do... Because, I mean... The Sinestro Corps, as far as we know, does not have a Mogo equivalent that's in charge of ring distribution. Well, yeah, they had ranks, but 
Ranks is dead. Unless Ranks was what they were using, but now that he's dead, like the whole concept of the Yellow Rings trying to find replacements. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah. I lean away from Ranks being it because if Ranks was that important, I don't think they would have sent him directly into battle. Okay. Ranks, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know, is this gigantic living city that's kind of the size of a planet and is pissed off constantly. <laughs> now, ironically, when you say living city, Ranks is actually dead, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> so there is that. He's a dead living city. <laughs> yes. Would that make him a regular city? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a... He's a dead living city. It's like Reno, the biggest little city. Yeah. He's the jumbo shrimp of intergalactic cities. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. No, I, I don't know. It's it, it's a really good idea. I'd never even thought of that. If Mogo finds locations for the Green Lantern rings, then... How do the Sinestro Corps rings find replacements? Maybe the Sinestro rings are just straight up automated to do that. Because it seems like, up to this point at least, the Weaponeers of Quard have been really good at mimicking what the Guardians can make, but are never quite on the same level as it. Like Right. Like, in the old days, Sinestro's ring had a, did have the same kind of universal translator function as the Green Rings do. Right. But when Guy Gardner used Sinestro's ring for a while, he ran into the problem constantly that it would only translate languages into Sinestro's native language, so it was completely useless to him as a feature. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so maybe it's something like that, where instead of having just one big administrative lantern dedicated to picking and choosing who gets what the rings are just programmed to scan them for themselves and yeah, no, see what happens that makes a lot of sense actually I mean yeah the weaponeers of Quard they were never able to make anything as good as a green lantern as you said but maybe they just focused on a different feature for the being self-aware enough to locate fear. And really, if you think about it, with the whole emotional spectrum and fear being something that maybe the rings could hone in on, so that maybe that if there's a person that gives off more of the yellow energy, the ring would be attracted to that. That makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I think that's about it for this episode. Cool. And we will be back hopefully in a week or two with another new episode. Until then, you can send us email at lanterncast at gmail.com. You can find our episode on iTunes or at lanterncast.com. And, and <laughs> we have a forum now. We have a forum. Yes. Where's that forum located? You can go to thecomicforums.com. There's a big, giant list of assorted comic podcast forums. It's alphabetical. I think we're one of two that start with L, so you should be able to find us pretty easily. You can also find the forum through our website, lanterncast.com. 
That's right. There is a link to it. And we love getting feedback, so if you want to send us an email about anything, please do. Don't hesitate. That's lanterncast at gmail.com. Yes. Lanterncast at gmail.com. What's that email address? Lanterncast at gmail.com. Lanterncast at Yahoo? What? what? No, Gmail. Gmail.com. Oh, oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know. I'm expecting you to do some sort of goodbye or something. Oh, I don't know. It's like you're acting like we rehearsed something. <laughs> I know, I just figured you'd just run with it. Okay, uh, one, two, three. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Jim Ford. Good night. Good night.